All right, folks, we're back once again. Hey, we were looking at some stats today, and man, how awesome is it today, Jay, that we're here doing number 11? I mean, number this is 11. cool. Last week was our first, you know, we say milestone, uh, being 11, that, or sorry, 10, was was pretty awesome. Um, that was a fun one, just being able to be there. So hopefully you guys are here again. Man, I, I hope you know how grateful we are for you guys. Just um, continue to give us support um, and really giving us this um, <laughs> this excitement every week to say, hey, man, we, let, let's get another one out. Let's get another one out. So here we are, 11. It's, it's crazy. This is our 11th week doing this, and it felt like, um, I don't know, it just feels like um, – we haven't been doing it for that long, but we're here on a number yep. 11. It's, it's almost, kind of remarkable. Almost three months. It's almost been three months so far. And that, to me, that's crazy. Yeah. Because it feels like we were just sitting down at at, uh, at breakfast, just telling the story, saying, hey, this is podcast material, and now here we are doing 11. Um, it's pretty remarkable. So we just want to say a big thank you guys out there for the support. Um, you know, we've just, man, heard a lot of good things from you guys. And, and again, it just makes us want to do this even more um, and get these out there for you guys because we love doing this and, and we're grateful that you guys enjoy it. Uh, so, man, hey, let me drop something on you real quick. Uh, for number 11, we'll, we'll do it again. We do this every once in a while when, when I feel like there's, you know, a number that's, you know, worth looking at. I think we did for number seven, Mickey Mantle episode. Yeah, we did number we did seven. seven. I, think I think we did ten. Last I think we, we did yeah, 10. we did ten. Yeah, Shepard Jones, the best number ten. Ron for Santo, me. Yeah, Mitch Ron Trubisky. Santo. Yeah, tri- <laughs> uh, RG three. RG three. Yeah, RG three. Uh, so best number eleven. Uh, maybe not the best, but just like, hey, what's a good number eleven? What do you think? I would say uh, first couple that come to mind. One is Larry Fitzgerald. Sure. I remember him from I, – he was on my fantasy team kind of whenever I first started playing fantasy football. Carson Palmer was his quarterback for a while. Yeah, yeah. he was he was out what? in Arizona. <laughs> uh, Larry Fitzgerald was a PPR machine. Just catches, Just catches, catches. Got catches on catches. He, yeah. I also remember him from Madden. He was on the cover oh, yeah. of the one with, like, Troy Palomalu. Yeah. You remember, I can't – I do remember Madden that. Madden 11, Madden 12, 11, something yeah. like that. I remember him being on the cover – um, the other one that comes to mind is Isaiah Thomas. Good. Steve will like that one. I think Steve is, Steve is a Pistons guy. Sure. Uh, but those are the two just that come to mind, uh, come sure. to mind for me. What about yep. you? I would say, uh, Atlanta Falcons Julio. Now he was eight when he was at Alabama, but Julio was probably the best wide receiver in the league for several years when he was with Atlanta. I think his, you know, his younger career, number 11, right? Number 11. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving, 11. Not my favorite, but just another 11 that comes to mind. Um, let's see. And he's been two. What He was 11, or has he always been two? Am I thinking something I, crazy? I think he's been, he was definitely 11 when he played for the Nets. I don't know if – I feel like maybe he was two in Cleveland. I'll I think look he it was up two right in now. Cleveland. Maybe, um, maybe I'm thinking a bunch of garbage. I'm not sure much about basketball. Um, he was number 11 with the Celtics. Okay, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, that was probably when he was his best self. Yeah, he was uh, two with – the Cavs Maybe. and two with the Mavericks. Okay, well, go Mavs. Um, number eleven. They're in um, some trouble now, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah, Mavs got fined seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for resting starters to make it to the playoffs. I don't know why they why to they, try not to make it right, to well, the playoffs. Right, because right, they, yeah. because they didn't try to go to yeah. the playoffs. Like that was the game to go yeah. to the playoffs, and they and they rested Kyrie and Luka. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta say, as, I don't really care about basketball. As a Bulls fan, silly. I remember seeing the Bulls beat them because yeah. the, the Bulls beat the beat the Mavs, right? Uh, heck, dude, I, I say I'm a Mavs fan because I like Luca, but I don't pay attention to no. I know. I say NBA. I'm a Bulls fan too. I don't care about the. NBA. I, at some point late in the season, the Bulls beat the Mavs. I'm sure they did. Uh, but I don't. I don't know if it was a game the Mavs got yeah. in trouble for or what. I, we need to look that up. Yeah. I don't know. 
<laughs> we still know more NBA than we do NHL. Though. Oh, dude, NHL. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one last week. Uh, NHL names are very hard, uh, very hard to spell. Um, somebody asked me earlier in the week, like, do you remember the guys' names that you spelled? It's like, dude, no. <laughs> I don't remember the names that we spelled. I don't remember the names that we talked about. I, I don't know anything about the NHL. Heck, I don't even know how the Preds are doing. I don't. Frankly, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't know a ton of positions in <laughs> hockey either. Like, I can tell you the goalie. Goalie. There's like a wing, right? Right wing, left wing, or is that soccer? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> There's a goalie in it's both of them. It's funny that you were sports fans and we know nothing about the NHL. Even though, I will say this, NHL games are electric if you go. They're fun like if, to go to. If you're to. there, playoff yeah. hockey, and you're there, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm not somebody that, you know, finds this great enjoyment when I'm when I'm going to these games. Not that they're not fun and whatnot, but um, – or sorry, when I'm watching these games, I find joy when I go to the game. But when I'm watching, it's like yeah, I'd rather do something else. So, yep. Um, but man, that's good for number eleven. Episode number eleven. We're calling this one solely Deo Gloria. Uh, for some of you guys, it's gonna be a very familiar term. Uh, something that Jay and I are actually very, very passionate about, uh, and, and it might seem pretty familiar to some of you guys, just in terms of what we've talked about before. Uh, it actually came from episode one. Um, we, you know, mentioned a lot of these things. So some of this might be repetitive, but this is an episode entirely dedicated to it, really defining it, um, asking each other, hey, what does it mean? You know, how would each of us define it? How would each of us really apply it? Uh, How does it apply to sports? Because we do see that in sports, uh, (laughs) that's really where uh, we see it least. And so we personally want to grow in that as well. Uh, So we're going to grow today. I'm going to learn something today. Hopefully you guys will as well. Uh, But episode 11, Solideo Gloria, let's talk. What do you think, Jay? Let's do it. Let's start off. Um, you kind of introduced it perfectly. Soli Deo Gloria is a um, term that I'm sure many people who are listening are familiar with. Um, it is. Um, we'll just let's start off by talking about what it means. Okay. Do you, Parker? Do you want to just introduce yeah. what it means? Yeah. Real I'll quick. Give a quick definition here. Um, we we found this from Desiring God, uh, so I don't want to take credit for it. Great definition here that I think uh, really embodies what it means. And, and this is simplistic, but also dense at the same time. So uh, maybe we'll go from you know denser and then we'll um, kind of simplify it as we go through the episode. It says this, glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect his greatness. Uh, that is God, right? That make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of his attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of of his manifold perfections. That's pretty good. That's really good. Uh, feeling, thinking, and acting in ways that reflect his greatness, right? That make much of God, giving him what he deserves. And then give evidence of the supreme greatness of all of his attributes and the all-satisfying, I love that, all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections. So that's the definition that we're rolling with, and I think it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, um, and two, I just realized I forgot to mention this. Uh, for those of you guys that uh, maybe have not heard the term Soli Deo Gloria before, we just provided the definition. What the term actually means, so Soli Deo Gloria is a Latin term, and it's actually a Latin term that means for glory to God alone or to God alone be the glory. Okay, and Parker just read the definition to us. And one of the things I just love about the definition, again, it's from Desiring God, um, which is a great website, by the way, if, if you haven't uh, been there before, it's a, it's a great resource. But I love in the definition how it says glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect his greatness. And I love just the idea of reflecting, 
Like that's what we are made to do. We are image bearers of God. We were made in his image. And in that, we want to reflect glory to him, right? I think especially the world today, and we're going to get into this later as we talk about what this looks like in the realm of athletics. But in the world today, especially in athletics, we're kind of tricked into thinking that we are made for glory, uh, that like all of the glory should be ours because it's something that we have worked towards or our, our team has worked towards. So therefore, the glory should be on us. But in reality, we should reflect God's greatness and glorify him through the actions that we take. Uh, through the actions that, that we walk through and do day by day, whether it's athletically or not. So soli deo gloria, that is what the term means, uh, to God alone be the glory, and there's the definition of it as well. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, soli deo gloria, you know, just being here at school where we teach, uh, where I went to school, something that we see all the time. Um, for you guys that are, are students here or you know are familiar with our campus, uh, it's all over everything. <laughs> it's on our shirts. It's on the back of the football press box that you see from the foot from the baseball field. There's a building um, on campus <laughs> called the Soli Deo Gloria Center. Yeah, um, which it's on the, the scoreboard. The yeah. other day, Carly, because Carly works at the church now, yeah. she was walking. She said she mentioned the Soli Deo Gloria Center. Yeah, it's like. Just call it the SDC. That, the SDC. That, that Soli, Deo Soli, Deo Soli Deo Glory. Right. Soli Deo Center is a mouthful. It is so a mouthful. We, SDC. Um, <laughs> it's on the crest of the school. Um, it's on the scoreboards. It's on the gym wall where we play basketball. Yep. Um, fun fact, if you guys wanted to hear it or not, that same font from the gym wall. I actually got it tattooed on myself when I graduated from CPA. Oh, it's the same font? Uh, same font. Yeah, I got it everything. Because it, it does mean the world to me. Like, it, it matters. Um, and just a cool thing, like, we grew up with it. Uh, but a lot of us missed the fact. It's like, what does it mean? Right? We hear yeah. it. We hear it. We hear it. Um, here, here's the kind of example I gave to the students the other day in my classes. Like, man, how oftentimes do we go looking for things that are right in front of us? Uh, oftentimes we miss the definition or we miss the understanding of something that's right here in front of us. We see it all the time, yeah. and yet we still, we still miss and it. And we, we see it all the time. And in addition to that, it's also a term that is just thrown thrown around all the yeah, time. It like is. we're we just hear the term. We don't necessarily hear the term "soli deo gloria." Right. We do, and we see it because of where we right, work. Right, like right. it's plastered all over the walls. But we do hear the term like, "Oh, I just want to glorify God yeah. through this," yeah. or to you know, to God be the glory. Yeah. That that is something that day to day you do hear quite a bit. Yeah. And it's easy whenever you hear things quite a bit, it's easy to lose sight of what those things actually mean. Yeah. And that's really kind of what we want to do today is we want to dive into this idea of what does it actually mean to give God the glory. Um, so just kind of diving right in, we just broke down a definition and kind of introduced this. Um, and to kind of uh, dive further into it, we want to mention something that we mentioned in the very first uh, very first episode. If you were here for uh, episode one, where we were talking about what kind of why are we why are we doing this? Why are we doing the podcast? We mentioned something from the Westminster Cate- Catechism, uh, and in that it says, "Man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and to fully enjoy Him forever." Okay, that's what it says in there is our, our chief end as man is to glorify God, right? Yeah. And we know that that is biblical too. We read in scripture another verse that we had mentioned in episode one, probably familiar to you guys. It's in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 
31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that is really all encompassing. Like it, it says, <laughs> it says all, it says whatever you do. And it even says, I love how it starts out with something as simple as eating and drinking. Yeah. Like that's yeah. something usually when we think like, oh, I want to do this for the glory of God. Our mind does go to something athletically or even make maybe our job. Sure. We don't necessarily go to the simple things that are just eating and drinking. Yeah. But here it starts out with the simple things. Yeah. And it says whether you eat or drink yep. or whatever you do, all of it is to be done to the glory of God. Right. Yep. And what it says in the catechism here is, is man's chief end is to glorify God. And if we are to do that, like in first Corinthians, where it says in all that we do, mm -hmm. that includes everything. Like it is our, it is what we should do as image bearers, yep. as believers, as following, as followers as of Christ, just being that light, being yeah. the light that we mentioned last week, yeah. wherever we go. Yeah, I love that too. Um, something that stands out to me, um, and my students will be familiar with this, um, this is something that I started practicing, I guess, back in college. I say practicing, it's more of something that I start, began to notice. Um, when the text of Scripture says the word all, uh, for me personally, it, it actually is something that I pause with and, and I circle. Um, and, 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 you know, nothing, no, nobody taught me that. It was just something that I began to notice, like the word all. It's all-encompassing. Uh, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all. Um, it makes me think about this again. I, I think I mentioned this last week. Um, you'll notice a lot of our episodes are, are similar uh, but different because <laughs> things that we're passionate about, uh, we'll talk about, right? We were talking about that in class this week, too. It's like, man, if you're passionate about the gospel, if you care about the gospel, you'll, you'll care about it. Or, sorry, you'll talk about it. Uh, Jay and I, we want to talk about the things that we're passionate about. This is one of those places to do so. Uh, but, man, um, doing all of it, it makes me think about the song, um, uh, I guess, what's it called? Uh, by Stephen Curtis Chapman, something about doing all for God uh for his glory. I, dang, I'm missing the title right now. I said it last week. Um, do everything. That's it. It's called do everything. Uh, talking about the simplistic act of picking up trash or picking up this or, uh, you know, the, the, the dishes or the laundry or holding the door for somebody. It, it talks about like the most simplistic uh, life, you know, things that we do. Um, before I headed over here, I threw a load of laundry in because I've got to have some stuff for this week. And, and even that small little thing, or even driving over here, I can do it for the glory of God. And it's really remarkable to me uh, that we oftentimes miss that. And so here in just a moment, in just a little bit, we'll talk about how to do that. Uh, but that's the song that keeps on coming to me. It's like, man, we can do everything, do all, right? We can do, all, do it all. And, and another thing that I want to mention, too, I love that you brought up the uh, Westminster Catechism. It, it, that's actually the, the first question. You know, that's the first question in the entire catechism. What is the chief end of man? Why was man created? What is our end? Like, what is the chief end? What, what, what is our, um, our highest end, right? And that is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Uh, I, I really do love that. Uh, it makes me think of other texts such as Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do. Again, all-encompassing, right? We could even probably say all that you do, right? Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So not seeking the quote-unquote glory for yourself, but for other. Other texts, Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Right, we see this oftentimes. We'll read it in the Psalms as well. Psalm 115, 1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. 
right, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. See, we see these terms of glory uh, all the time, and yet we still miss what it means. Uh, so again, we're going to define it this way. Uh, glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect His greatness, that make much of Him and not of us. See, that goes back to, again, I know I'm going fast, but this is just where my mind goes. See, if we're giving Him, uh, we're reflecting Him to make much of God and not much of us, then we're working heartily for the Lord and not for men, Colossians 3.23. You see how all of this connects Right? All of this stuff connects uh, that give evidence to his supreme goodness. It takes the attention off of us and places it on somebody else. Right? Psalm 151, not to us, not to us, but to you, Lord, be the glory. Uh, Jay, let me ask you this. How hard is that? <laughs> yeah, I w- that question actually just came to mind. I yeah. was going to ask you, like, it's extremely difficult just from day to day to have that mindset. Yeah. Um, and if we think about it being difficult, the question then comes, well, why is this difficult? Like, why is it difficult? Because we... we Three-letter t- word. You th- know it? Sin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's it. And what it is, I know for me yeah. personally, like if I had to answer that, why is it difficult day by day to constantly have this mindset? Yeah. Of, because everything we just talked about sounds great. Oh, and I want to do that. I and you hear it, it's yeah. like, I want to do that. That <laughs> yeah. fires me up. Yeah. Yes, I want to do everything. Every, let everything that I do yeah. be done for the glory of God. Oh, like, that's great. Yes, that's great. But the reality is that's difficult. And the why for me is just, you know, day by day, I think, one, you can just kind of get get tired with things, right? Yeah. Feel like you're, like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. You can get frustrated with certain things. Yeah. Where if you get frustrated, maybe you're not as excited to do it. Or with the, um, you mentioned the verse earlier, just where it says work work as if you're working for uh, the Lord and not for men. Like going day by day, honestly, like just with the culture of our world, like it feels like we are working for yeah man it does. right in whatever you're doing like for you and i it's it's teaching it's yeah. coaching in the summer it's like doing baseball lessons and coaching it feels an awful like uh, an awful uh lot like at times we're just working for man yeah because we're around man all the time yeah and i think what we need to do to kind of flip that is yes we are around man all the time we need to spend more time with our creator yeah, because the more time that we spend with him, just in prayer, and just thanking him for um, the the places that he sent us to, the places yeah. that he's called us to, then all of a sudden, our he by his Holy Spirit allows our heart to shift yeah. towards work is now less of a duty and more of a form of worship. Yeah, and I'll say for me personally, like I'll be the first to say I struggle doing that and just spending time with him. Because uh, it's difficult because, like we just said, you're spending so much time with man. Yeah. So a lot of times it feels like you're working for and with man yeah. as opposed to treating your work um, or we say work, doing everything right. uh, just like to do it as opposed to for worship. Yeah. So that's why I would say it's difficult. What do you think? Do you have anything to well, add? Yeah, just what we, I say with this, where we live, um, what we do, and just the sin around us, it's so much easier to try and build my kingdom and your kingdom. Um, hey, this week we had a great, I'll, I'll say this happily, like we had a great week of middle school baseball. Oh, it was great. We didn't lose. 
we, we we actually won we we won three in a row walk off wins. We um three walk off wins we, in a row. We won a kind of a we obliterated a team by seventeen. Like we had a great week. It's easy for me to get on that stool and say, Hey, look at me, look at me. You know, look at look at Jay. Jay coached a heck of a game, picked the right arms, look what we did. We put the lineup together. It's easy to do that. Yeah. It's easy for players uh, to say, hey, look at my stat line, or hey, look, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That's what the attention goes to. The world draws the attention. Hey, look at my kingdom. Look what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so much so that it, on my board here in my room, uh, I had to draw up. I had to write this. Not for my kingdom. <laughs> this is not yeah. for me. Uh, that's It's so easy to do that. Um, you know, I think a great example of somebody that didn't do that was Tim Tebow. I think that's a great example. That uh, name actually was brought up in uh, my classroom this week when we were talking about this very topic. Um, You know, it's it's just kind of thrown around now, and and, and sometimes I question it, um, and I hate that I do that. Maybe I'm a skeptic when it gets to this piece. Uh, but on, on you know, uh, after-game interviews, post-game interviews, you see uh, guys just say, oh, it's, you know, it's for God's glory. And, and they just kind of flippantly say it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not judging their hearts. I don't know where their heart posture is. But it's just thrown around. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I think somebody that really lived it well was Tim Tebow. Yeah. Um, you could tell that he was giving his all, uh, f- doing the best that he could, uh, giving everything that he had, and it was not for him. You could tell, like I, I, you could see it. That was one of the athletes that I loved watching yeah. growing up because he was a guy that put this to practice in athletics. It's easy for us to build our kingdom, um, but let me tell you this, Jay. My kingdom here, uh, I can't take it with me. <laughs> I can't take it with me wherever I go, um, and, and you know, I'm not taking it to the next life. I'm not taking it to heaven with me, uh, and, and you're not taking yours either. You know, and so yeah. it's just simply that way. Uh, we, we ought to realize it, hey, man. It's not yeah. for us, and it's. It's interesting, too, when we think about Tim Tebow being a great, great example uh, of this. Like, it was, it was almost as if his ability to say, this is not for me at all. This is solely, uh, you know, all glory is to be solely for the kingdom yeah. and for the creator. It was like through that, he was able to, like, fully just apply himself with a freedom yeah, in sports. Yeah. To compete freely, yep. like he was such a competitor to compete freely, yep. to lead freely, like he was an, an incredible leader. He was able to do that by just letting go and saying, none of this is for me. Mm-hmm. And it is not by me that I'm able to do any of this. Yeah. And through that, it gave him the freedom to really just compete to his fullest ability. Yeah. And I think in a similar way, yes, in athletics, we want to do the same thing, but even like I think the same applies for our job or like what it mentioned in first Corinthians, like in whatever we do, the same applies for in whatever we do, right? If we look at it as if we are doing it for God's glory, it gives us that freedom to allow us to know that we're loved, then yeah. we're doing whatever we're doing free and loved. Yeah. Like it we goes talked about <laughs> several weeks ago where, where we're free and loved, yeah. and then we're able to go with that mindset. And whatever whatever right. happens, we're it's able to let go and us. say, this is for God's glory. Right. This right. is not for us. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the problem with that is, uh, for me at least, um, again, trying to build my own kingdom. You know, I was giving the example. Um, we're, we're about a week and a half, two weeks removed from Holy Week. Um, Palm Sunday, this is the Sunday that um, I was considering um, how Jesus rode in on a donkey, right? Um, and I was thinking, talking to my kids, it's like, man, I promise you, I would want to ride in on something much bigger than a donkey or mm-hmm. something much better or much ma- more magnificent. Uh, even the person of Christ humbled himself uh, to give God the glory. And so, uh, you know, I, I say, man, 
I would have wanted to ride in on some kind of elephant or some kind of cool lion or you know it's elephant like, would have been sweet. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, I actually do think that lion or uh, an elephant tell, like screams royalty. I, I actually think that yeah. like royal people would have ridden. I think somebody told me that. Now I could be pulling this from the ground. Like I have no idea if this is <laughs> true or at all. Uh, so you're gonna have to go check me on that. Uh, but one of my kids was like, I think like royal people actually rode in on elephants and, and again I, I don't know but i would have <laughs> wanted to ride in on something like that something really cool uh and it's like hey look at me look at me look at me i wouldn't want to wear the gold and the purple and in the uh the pearls and the diamonds and say hey look at me look at me look at me um yet even the person of christ the one who deserves all of that humbled himself and said no look at look at god um that's the battle that i have you know mm-hmm. so much easier um when you get a good email or you get that feedback, you're like, oh, what'd they say about it? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to do that. Uh, but man, and, and that goes back to just this three-letter word of, of sin. Uh, the garden, it was absolutely destroyed. Um, just all perfection that God had created. And, and so now here it's our, um, you know, something that we want to do is to to mend that back together and give all these things back, back to God, you know, going back to that Psalm 115. Uh, not to us, oh Lord, not to us. Uh, that's something that I want to scream, but... All too often, it's way too hard to scream. Yeah. Uh, but to your name, give glory. See, I'm seeking for myself to sit on the throne and say, hey, look at me. Hey, uh, you know, uh, butler or hey, you go get me this. You know, it's like, yeah, I want to be treated with all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really hard to humble ourselves to say, no, somebody else actually uh, deserves that far more than I do. Uh, and, and here's the mind switch that we've got to have. This is something that is not easy, uh, something that I'm practicing, something that I don't even fully get yet, something that I'm continually, you know, th- through just this journey of sanctification, understanding more and more day by day. Uh, what I have, follow me along with this, what I have is not mine. What do you think about that? It's confusing. <laughs> Sounds hard to hear. It, it does Honestly. sound hard to hear. What I have is not mine. This, this classroom, Jay, and, and I know you understand this, but I'm just going to battle with you here. This classroom has my name on it. Is it mine? Right. Yeah, it is. Right. And for you guys, I know Jay understands this, but I'm just asking these questions for the sake of, you know, devil's advocate, yeah. or whatever. Like this classroom that we're in has my name on it. It's technically mine. Yeah. It's got your stuff in here. Got my stuff. Right. Like nobody else is coming in here to teach. You've set it up. The way I set it up, it's got my notes on it. My kids come to my room. Right. You see how I can yeah. take it selfishly. But in reality, it's not mine. It's just got my name on it. Somebody has lent it to me. Right. Just say next year something happens. I'm not here, which I will be, by the way. I'll be here. Sign the contract. Um, Boom. Parker mode is in for 2023. (laughs) Sign. (laughs) Committed. Committed. (laughs) Right. Uh, Put on the hat and signed it. Yeah, everything. Um, But for whatever reason, just say something comes up and I'm I'm not here. Like it's somebody else's. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. These things that we have, uh, what I have is not my own. Uh, I'll even go as far as this, like my body, uh, the things that I have in, in terms of me, uh, they're not even my own because I've been bought with a price. First um, Corinthians actually reminds us of that as well in six nineteen. Like my body's a temple, uh, and now it's to give God the glory. I've been bought with a price, and so now it's my job to give it back. See, here's the hard thing: uh, it's not mine, and so I ought to give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is God. That would be giving God the glory. See, it says this in Romans eleven thirty six. I'm, I'm sorry to be so rambly today. Um, I, I just care about this. I'm passionate about this. It says, for from him, follow along with these words carefully, for from him and through him and now to him are all things, right? What I have is not mine. For from him it came 
and through him, through his divine power, he's gifted it to me. See, everything that I have is a gift. It's by his grace and ultimately now for his glory. Um, now they're all to him. You see, I, I love this yeah. thing, this battle. It's hard to understand yeah. uh, for somebody even like myself. Well, what I've done, it's for me. You know, and I, maybe all of us, a lot of us think that way. But what I have is not mine. And so the only appropriate response would be to give it back. And that'd be giving God the glory, but that's so hard. Yeah, and you said a, a word that I want us to focus on real quick, and I think this will be a good transition just into how we, we view this and apply it in the world of athletics. But you said the word gift. Yeah. Right? All, all It's not ours. Yeah. It's a gift. And that's one thing we try to, you know, look at. We look at baseball. We're both uh, coaching baseball right now. And what baseball is, is it's a gift. Baseball is a gift and it's a tool as is any yeah. sport. It's a gift and a tool in order to glorify God, in order to have fellowship with one another that is glorifying to God, and in order to present our bodies and to do what we do yeah. as a form of worship to God. Um, you mentioned Romans 11 earlier, and yeah. that even our bodies aren't ours. We were bought with a price. Yeah. Um, it says in Romans 12, by the mercies of God, uh, or I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living yeah. sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, yeah. to which is your spiritual worship. That's what we're called to do, present our bodies literally as a living sacrifice, everything that we do to be done for the Lord as yeah. a form of worship. Um, and we mentioned just a second ago, like sports are a tool Correct. to be able to to do that. It's yeah. that sports are nothing more than a tool and whenever we make them more than that is whenever sin creeps in yeah so how how does this idea of to god alone be the glory solely deo gloria how does this apply just in the world of sports yeah um you know we 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 see this often um again just you know i think to understand um the positive side, the right side of it, we have to see the, the wrong side of it, right? The wrong truth about it. See, we seek it for ourselves. In sports, we see that very often again. We've mentioned that. Um, but, man, in sports, just realizing, I think it goes back to what I said just a moment ago, but realizing that what, like our talents, I've got talents, you've got talents, uh, but they've been gifted again to us. And we really understand that something has been gifted. Let, let me ask you this. If I gift you something, how are you going to treat it? I'm, I mean, I'm going to care for hopefully, it, right? Like, hopefully well. Yeah, like you, you view it as something like, usually whenever I receive a gift, I'm right. sure most people are, you remember the person that got it for right. you, right? And because of that, you want to care for it. Yeah, yeah. which I think is the appropriate thing. Yeah. And, and, and when we learn to understand that even our talents, even the breath that we breathe, um, the, the ability like that our blood is flowing through our bodies that I can even take a step right to walk like and I have balance and all these little things when we understand that these are gifts we're going to start to treat them a lot better right um, and it's a free gift that that's the beauty of the gospel we've touched on that as well uh, but when we finally understand this and realize that it is not ours right the cars we drive the homes we live in the things we own the classroom with my name on it again um, just the, the air that I breathe like man it is a gift when we understand that even our talents man the, the ability that i have to coach you know the ability that our kids have to hit and to run and to catch and to pitch um and and, and being able to flip that mind switch say like i don't have this without god 
Uh, and then we can finally learn to understand, to, to give it back and, and, and give it back to him, um, realizing that everything's a gift. I love the word that you, you mentioned, just a gift. Um, you know, because I can't, like, here's something that I was thinking about too, and maybe this is off topic, maybe this is on topic. Uh, but what happens if, if, if we wake up, you know, and God says, all right, your turn to go uh, provide CO2, oxygen today. Like, you do you, your thing. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my hands off today. It's all on you today, Jay. I mean, we, we wouldn't last very long. No. You know, I wouldn't last very long yeah. either. Um, see, we can't provide these things on our own. When we realize that they're gifts, we can finally learn to, man, let me let me treat it with respect. Let me give mm-hmm. it back. Um, and that's the mindset that we've got to have. Um, I don't know. That's just what I think. I think it's hard to do that. But, man, when we can learn to say all things are from him and through him, uh, then we can learn that all things are also now to him. So, th- yeah, I know that's just that. That was a lot to say, but that's what I no, think. No, I th- I think that's good. And just kind of thinking about two um, things being taken away, just to kind of share a little story about my um, my college career. So I came back from uh, I my first year at Treveco was my sophomore year. I did not throw well. Um, did not throw well at all. My junior year, I came in, kind of made some uh, mechanical changes and just the way the season went. I had a much better year my junior year. So I, uh, junior year ended up, that was my first year, like closing. I ended up all conference, like had, had a pretty good junior year. I come back, like fall of my senior year, and part of me is like, hey, you know, like, let's go. It's my last year. Let's get after it. Um, my first day throwing at practice, feel something weird in my elbow, mm-hmm. have to shut it down, right? Yeah. Go to the doctor, get the MRI and everything. My elbow's partially torn. So then I lose like the entire fall. I have to get, luckily I didn't have to have Tommy John. I got a PRP injection, which has like a 50% success rate. I was mm-hmm. luckily on the good side of the 50. Um, so I've missed the whole fall came back throwing um whenever I came back throwing I had this huge knot like in my back went got an MRI tore my lap mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could tear a lap I tore it uh and it hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's it was a weird injury so then I lost more time then finally worked back I'm finally healthy able to throw I throw in a game um pitch one inning uh just kind of had like a really cool moment with teammates after um then that next week it was like I'd spent all this time like for a season I was really looking forward to really looking forward to it and I had like six months of it probably total ripped away just from injury stuff Mm -hmm. finally made it back COVID happened our season was over and then it's like well is my career open what's or is my career over like what's going to happen um and kind of what happened was I feel like after my junior season, like I had a taste of success. And in a way, part of my heart posture was like, look what I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like yeah. things kind of got taken away yeah. for a long time because the injuries, then COVID, like it was taken away for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And it hurt. Yeah. Like whenever whenever things get taken away, um, that's kind of whenever you realize the true value of a gift. Mm-hmm. Going back to the like your illustration of a gift, if I were to give you a gift, right, you would be thankful for it, and how would you treat it? 
Really great. <laughs> really great. Respectful, yeah. But then let's say I take that away. I yeah. take your gift away. How are you feeling? Disappointed. Disappointed. Hurt. And then yeah. I give you, like, whenever you are able to, like, experience that again, your attitude towards it right. might be a little different. Right. And sometimes God allows that to happen. Yeah. And that's part of my story. I feel like God allowed me to realize, hey, you know what? All of this, like, all of this baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. All of it is that it's only a gift mm-hmm. and it's only a tool to be able to be used for worship and yeah. for my glory. Yeah. And it's something I didn't always realize. It's a, yeah, I'd always heard the term like, yeah, it's for God's glory. I grew, you know, grew up hearing mm-hmm. that and everything, but I didn't really realize it. And that was a time in my life where I really feel like I kind of started to understand it and realize like this can be taken away this can, you know, go all baseball is it's, it's nothing that I'm doing for me or for my team. This is a gift from God. It is for God. It is for his glory. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Like was going through it hard. Yes, it was very difficult, but looking back on it, like I'm so thankful for that entire experience because it allowed me honestly just to wrestle with God and wrestle with that thought Um, and I'm thankful for it looking back and how God worked and and moved through that. Um, so athletically, I feel like, you know, if we think about this in the world of sports, yes, our bodies, everything that we do, right. And all that you do, Mm -hmm. first Corinthians 10, everything is to be a form of worship, Mm -hmm. whether it's throwing a baseball, whether it's going, you know, stopping the defensive end in football if if you're playing tag whatever like literally every if we are eating or drinking everything that we do yeah. is from god yeah. and everything that we do is for god and mm. for his glory and athletics is no separate yeah. yeah from him through him and now ultimately the only appropriate response no matter how hard it might be is to give it back to him yeah i love the language that paul writes there with in romans here's something that i'll i guess we could kind of close with a, a thought here Something that you and I say often um, around our baseball program here as well is to chase things that matter. Uh, that sounds like a good podcast title episode, yeah. by the way. We might talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but to chase things that matter, and I'll say this, chasing God's glory, I think that's something that matters. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that matters. Um, chasing things that matter. Um, man, I think that's something that we can do. Uh, again, it's so hard. Uh, and hopefully you guys out there resonate with this uh, because this is one of the most difficult things that we struggle with, at least me for sure, um, because it's so easy for me to hear that positive comment, you know, maybe about the podcast, say, hey, look what we've done, you know, hey, look at that, look at look at what we're doing, or, or maybe it might be about in the classroom, say, hey, look at me, you know, it's so easy to do that, but man, to realize it's a gift, uh, God has gifted me that, see, see again, Jay mentioned this earlier, and, and we'll, we'll end with this, we bear the Imago Dei, we, we bear the image of God, we, we, we bear His characteristics, uh, the only reason we have absolutely anything to boast about um, is because Christ has given it to us. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't, I can boast in Christ, but I can't boast in anything that I have uh, in and of myself because I'm just, um, I, I'm useless, I'm worthless, um, as I like to say, in and of myself, in the flesh, I'm a dead man walking. Um, but because of Christ, be, you know, but God, right? But God, uh, we are. Um, 
but God, man, he, he's gifted us his mercy. He's rich in mercy. Uh, what an amazing gift that, it, that that is, that he is a gift-giving God and he cares. Um, and man, now uh, it fires me up. Like I want to go this week and say, man, how can I think about this gift, receive this gift, and now give it back? You know, yep. uh, That's what I want to be thinking about this week. So that's my challenge for you, uh, my challenge for myself, and hopefully for you guys out there as well. Uh, man, to go give it back, to chase things that matter, God's glory. How about I, that? I love that. To God alone be the glory. Soli Deo Gloria. Soli Deo Gloria. Uh, so just kind of transitioning here uh, in the world of sports, really, we're just we're going to focus on the MLB today. The Masters just ended, uh, which I John just Rahm. John Rahm, uh, not to I, he was my pick on the podcast. Was I, he will, really? I will throw that. Yeah. Impressive. So, hey, that's good. Blind squirrel uh, finds a nut every now and then. He so, does. Uh, but John Rahm won. I it was just so cool to see him walking down like 18 and Pretty everyone awesome. clapping. Like I yep. such a cool atmosphere. Yep. Um, but we're going to focus on baseball today. So yesterday, April 15th, uh, was Jackie Robinson day in the MLB. Everyone was wearing 42. It's pretty cool. I love Jackie Robinson yep. day. I feel like it's, cool it's such a really, just a really cool celebration of Jackie Robinson and just what he did for the game. Um, in watching it and watching some highlight clips of Jackie Robinson, it got me thinking about players I wish I could have seen play. Yeah. He's one, I'm, he's, he's one of them. He's one of them oh for me. Oh, gosh. I, he stole home 19 times in his career. Like in <laughs> Sounds his like a road to the show. Yeah, it <laughs> really like does. Like you have it on beginner stat. mode and you're just, and you're just <laughs> playing. Taking home. Taking home. That's funny. Uh, but he did it 19 times in his career. He yeah. didn't even start playing uh, for the Dodgers, I think, until he was 28. I'd have to pull up his stats yeah. um, for sure. But I, I really wish I could have seen Jackie Robinson play absolutely electric the way he ran the bases and everything you can just see clips of him yeah uh and just what he did for the game of baseball yeah just absolutely amazing i love that jackie robinson day is he that it's an incredible day it's an incredible day yep um but it got me thinking about a question right about players that i wish i could have seen play um because baseball maybe more than any other sport has such a rich history yep. such a rich Incredible. like american history it's our country's pastime we hear that baseball yeah. uh, so our question today that we're going to talk about is if we could go back in time and watch any three players in baseball history yep who would they be yep so i've got three names okay. you've got three names i'm pretty sure they're three different names i think so so it's three uh six people total three plus three is six that i'm, I'm not a math steve teacher. can you check us on that steve's a math teacher he can check um but i'll start this out so my number one player that i wish i could see play is babe ruth yeah, that's a good one. Because he is one that is synonymous with baseball. The face like of baseball you, you is cannot, historically. You cannot know a thing about baseball. And odds are you know that Babe Ruth was a baseball player at some point in time. Yep. Like it's just – it's a name that everyone knows. Yep. And I really wish I could have seen him. People compare um, him to Shohei Otani. I personally think they're two different – uh, I, I get it. Like, Babe Ruth started out as a pitcher. Right. He did. He spent his career as a hitter. Yeah, he's, Sho, Sho, Shohei's, Shohei's doing both. both. Right. Um, but I just wish I could see Babe Ruth. He really kind of changed the game of baseball with yep. his home runs. 714 home runs in his career. Gosh. 
and did it, might I add, on just a terrible diet. <laughs> this is we were <laughs> which, talking about this earlier. Which I think this is, this is crazy. Uh, I found this article. The article is called "The Truth About Babe Ruth's Surprising Diet." This is awesome. Um, so Babe Ruth. This is a quote from uh, someone who traveled with uh, with Babe Ruth when he was on the Red Sox. This is a quote. He said, when we were traveling, he, meaning Babe Ruth, he would stop and order a half dozen hot dogs and just as many bottles of soda. He'd stuff them in one after another and give, a, and then give a few big belches. That would hold him off. Get this. That would hold him for a couple hours. Like six hot dogs and six sodas hold, holds him for a couple hours. Then Babe Ruth's wife said that every day he ate two and a half pounds of rare beef steak with with a whole bottle of chili sauce. And then it went on to say, um, let's see, each dinner consisted of two porterhouse steaks, a double order of cottage fried potatoes, (laughs) two heads of lettuce, two apple pies. Like... That is Dude. crazy. And the man hit 714 home runs. And then later on this, it's... <laughs> this is this is awesome. This is, I will just read this. This is from the Los Angeles Times. So this is actually from... This, yeah. this is from a real source. It uh, Two writers allege that Babe Ruth often indulged in a dozen hot dogs in a half gallon of soda as a pregame meal during his time <laughs> in Boston. Then it says one day his mouth stepped up to the plate and swung for the fin- <laughs> swung for the fences, but his stomach cried foul. He was rushed to the hospital with a severe case of indigestion. <laughs> this is an article about the diet of what many would consider to be player. the best baseball player ever. <laughs> what, a sport what a sport! Where a guy is eating tw- so uh, literally good. twelve a dozen hot dogs. Pre-game. That is so awesome. I, maybe if Babe Ruth, my idea, Babe Ruth, if he was around in 2023, I don't know what kind of baseball player he would be. That's why I'd want to go back and watch him because there's so much mystery too. involved. That's a good one. But he, I think he would for sure be able to challenge Joey Chestnut and like the national hot dog eating <laughs> stuff. It, it, might, be, it might be Joey Babe Chestnut. Ruth ahead of Joey Chestnut. I, that might be more of – Babe Ruth and Joey Chestnut might be more similar than Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani. I think they are. <laughs> they, might I think be. they might be. That's I, so I don't good. know. So he's my uh, number one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I love that. Him and Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Give Joey Chestnut a bat and see what he can do. Yeah. Wonder, that might wonder be what he can do. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, hey, my favorite uh, guy that I wish I could have watched is Henry Aaron. Uh, Hank Aaron, number 44. Um Man, he was just, he's a classic Braves player, right? Really the best Braves player of all time. I say really, he is the best Braves player of all time. 25 time All Star. Not all with the Braves, but 25 time All Star. MVP, Hall of Famer, three time Gold Glover, uh, World Series in 1957. Uh, he's a career 305 hitter with 755 home runs. He's home run king. Um, see, Barry Bonds is. He's got that argument, and Barry Bonds is. I actually got to watch him play. I was thinking about him. I was like, oh, I got to see him play. But Henry Aaron, uh, best Braves player of all time, never got to see him play. Um, wish I could have. 3,771 career hits. Uh, just joining the 3,000 hit club alone is a career milestone for a ton of guys. I say a ton of guys, not that many guys. And he hit 3,700. Henry Aaron, the best. 
to ever do it to me in a Braves uniform. Um, really just one of the best actually ever. Yep. One of the best ever uh, to do it. Home run king. Henry Aaron. Hank Aaron. The real home run king. The real home run king. Yep. The real yep. one. Um, my number two is really just kind of another one that you hear a lot about, and I wish I could have seen him. I'm going Walter Johnson for number two. Yep. He was really kind of the first big uh, velo guy. Yep. I think if you look at Babe Ruth kind of changed the game towards power hitting, Walter Johnson changed the game in a way towards power pitching. Yeah. One crazy stat about Walter Johnson, he had in his career 110 complete game shutouts. Goodness gracious. Absolutely unreal. Um he was also quoted as saying, you can't hit what you can't see. Uh, his fastball was known for just being the hardest fastball yeah. at the time. He was, he was Nolan Ryan before Nolan he Ryan. He was, was Nolan, Nolan Ryan, Ryan before Nolan Ryan. Yeah. I actually um, was reading an article earlier. They went back, studied video of um, Walter Johnson, pulled some like a bunch of like math stat people in to review it. Yeah. Um, they believe that his fastball, Walter Johnson's fastball, was probably 88 to like 90 miles an hour. Wow. Which the average fastball today is like 92. Right. I think if you take all the fastballs and you average them, um, yeah. 92, 93, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'd give it, we'd have to. Probably 90. Yeah, we need to look that we, up. We probably, need to look it up. about 92 93. Uh, but 88 at that, um, 88 at that time. Like, it's like 110. Was it was <laughs> moving? Wicked. And I would love to just go back and see, like, see how hitters reacted to him then. Yeah. See what it looked like. Yeah. Walter Johnson would be my That's number good two. Good. And mine is actually Noel Ryan. So I watched this Noel uh, Ryan yeah, documentary on Netflix, um, and and they actually talked about Walter Johnson and how I don't want to say the mechanics were the same, but just the way that they threw fast and and they were similar there. I think Nolan Ryan's one of them. Uh, I grew a lot of respect for him after I watched the documentary on Netflix, and I'm I'm forgetting the name right now. Unbelievable for you baseball fans out there. If you have Netflix, go take a you know watch it. Tell us about his life. Um, his wife is on there as well, just telling the stories about him um, and just how dominant he was. Like he was the most dominant pitcher of all time. He has 51 MLB records. I think we maybe mentioned that uh, when we were talking about Nolan Ryan. Um, in another episode. Maybe we didn't do that. Maybe we mentioned it. I don't remember. Maybe it was just a conversation you and I had. Uh, but he's got 51 MLB records. To name a couple, 5,714 strikeouts. That is 850 higher than the next guy, which is Randy Johnson. Uh, and after that, the current active leader would be Justin Verlander, who's 2,600 away. Uh, I think that's a record that'll probably never be broken. Yep. He's got seven no-hitters. Uh, he had 27 years of baseball. Uh, he walked... <laughs> 2,700 hitters. See, he was just a fastball guy, right? Uh, and then here's one of my favorites is this. Uh, 383 strikeouts in one season. Nolan Ryan, Hall of Famer. Um, he was a beast. He won 324 games and lost 292 games. 3.19 ERA career. Like, I'll just be honest with you. It's like, okay, it's like almost like over 500, but not by that much. But Nolan Ryan was the most devastating pitcher to watch – or, sorry, to, to face – and watching that documentary really made me respect him. I wish I could have just gone and see him play. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been. I mean, he averaged 100, 102 on his fastball. Yeah. So seeing that yeah. would have been nuts. He would, he's a guy who his game would have thrived today. It would. For sure. It and would. there's not many. I don't know. That's the interesting thing about baseball is you can talk about guys 
and wonder like, well, how would they fare in today's game? Which right is on. why this is kind of a fun question to ask. Yeah. Why, you know, what players would we go back yeah. and see? We'll close this out. Who, who's uh, your last? My last one um, that I would want to see play best leadoff hitter of all time, Ricky Henderson. Yep. Um, just looking at a couple of his some of his stats, he stole over 100 bases three different times in his career. He st- in 1982, it says he stole 130 bases. Oh my gosh! Like I can't even I can't even wrap my mind. How around How many would that. he have now with the new rules? Yeah, that, that <laughs> was that was without the rules. So it's like what what would it look like now? Because now I mean, a lot of steals is like 30. 30, and he a had a hundred more than that. Oh he had 130. Um, so he's a player, and he hit almost 300 uh, home runs in his career. Yeah. Um, he's a player that more than anything, like as far as just, I, I'm curious as to what it would be like to watch him play. Yeah. Because if he's running that much, he's someone who's probably in the center of every play, mm-hmm. and that those are usually the guys who you enjoy watching, like Acuna. Acuna is a guy who is enjoyable to watch because he yep. he just defensively like he makes plays on the bases. He makes plays. He's just he's constantly doing stuff. Yeah. Um, Ricky Henderson. I would just be curious to see what what 130 stolen bases even looks like. I would be so, so he would be my number three player that I've never seen that good. I would just like to see. Yep. Going off that another outfielder that I would love to see play would have been Mickey Mantle. Uh, I'm a guy that loves switch hitters. I'm really impressed with switch hitters. Um, if I'm trying to build a you know a, a quote unquote God God squad lineup, um, just like the best hitters of all time, a lot of them will be switch. I think because they're just so dominant. Chipper Jones, to name my favorite, uh, Mickey Mantle playing center field, um, speed guy, hitting guy. He was really an all around five tool, six tool guy. He had it all. Um, a career 298 hitter, 536 home runs, 2400 hits. And, and hey, just to, to to look at that difference, he had 2400 career hits. Hank Aaron had. 3,700 career hits. I know different years and shorter career, but that's ridiculous. That's 1,300 difference, right? That's crazy. <laughs> Math, Steve, can you check me on that? Yeah. 3,700 minus 2,400. 1,300, I think. Just, you can confirm Ish. with me at practice tomorrow. Yeah. Um, no, but um, Mickey Mantle, I love switch hitter. He was a guy, again, speed guy, Hall of Famer, three-time MVP, uh, a triple crown winner and a seven-time World Series winner. He was a Yankee, so they won the World Series a lot. Murderers Row, uh, man, I would love to see Mickey Mantle uh, play with that. Yeah, he would. That's a really good one. He's another one that you you just kind of think he's a name that gets thrown around when you think of baseball. Just yeah, like extremely recognizable name. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, a lot of those Yankees. I feel like you could go through and name any legendary. And we missed so many. Heck, there's so many names that we couldn't even touch yeah uh but man these are just a, yeah this is just six just three that it's yeah. like hey yeah we wish we could have seen these these yeah. guys play i we easily could have made a list of about 20 um, 30 40 20 <laughs> yeah and some of them might have slipped our mind just because yeah. we there's so many yeah there's so many yeah yeah absolutely well man uh this has been fun this has been awesome hopefully you guys have enjoyed it um 
we're, we're back to just Jay and I this week. So hopefully that was a little change of pace. Loving the guests. We've had a blast with them. We're going to have more on here through the summer as we approach it. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying those as well. But, man, thanks for joining us. Again, this one is Solideo Gloria, uh, how to give God the glory, uh, defining it and really explaining it, and how do we do that in sports. So, man, hopefully we uh, touched on that a little bit. I grew today. I'm encouraged today. Uh, again, here's my challenge for you. Uh, let's see how we can do this better this week. What do you think? That's right. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, guys. Y'all have fun. See ya.